<clears throat> I think it's good practice to clear your mind of any of the shit you think you're gonna thought you're gonna talk about on your podcast by browsing a little bit of some mindless bullshit. So I just read a stupid bullshit thing about uh, something on 4chan. It was this stupid bait about this chick who donated all her tuition money uh, or her future tuition money to Bernie's campaign and then he dropped out. And now she's fucking shaking and crying and whatever and using stupid whatever. It's obviously fake, but it made me kind of, it kind of reset my mind because like looking at that and then a couple idiots uh, on bikes or atvs quads fucking bump into each other and like flip over and shit in the middle of the street um that kind of thing you know it's a good little reset so it like i mean this is meant to be unprompted ish and it makes it as unprompted as possible until i talk in depth about whatever i i ended up seeing uh, you know when that day comes then it won't be prompted I skipped yesterday, kind of. I did. Well, I didn't exactly. I I kind, but I have skipped a day. In a sense, right? Uh, because yesterday I did it early when I did the time lapse. Cause as for as per the name of the episode, um, but. And then I said I was gonna do it, the last night, and then I was like, eh, I don't feel like it. Kind of tired. Wanted to knock out, so I didn't do it. Um, which is totally fine, because this isn't, you know, uh, this uh, this is at my leisure, at my leisure. No one's listening, so it's fine, you know? Um, yeah. Man, I wonder when the day comes. I thought about this earlier. I wonder when the day comes where I'm going to, uh, you know, slow down doing this. Where I end up like, ah, I still have this thing, you know? I don't know. We'll see. I just watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day, isn't uh uh what a beautiful day in the neighbor. Won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? I didn't watch Mister Rogers, you know, the neighborhood, the show, but I I watched the fucking movie with Tom Hanks, and it was so goddamn good. Um, yeah. It was really good. Only thing is, like, it feels like the conflict ends kind of early, you know? Because, like, he fucking... The the main character, not Mr. Rogers, because he's the titular... Well, not titular character, because his name's not in it. But, you know, Tom Hanks, that's the big role. He plays Mr. Rogers. It's cool. And, obviously, he plays a huge role in the fucking movie. But the dude... In, uh, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the dude who's, you know, who, the journalist, you know, what the, who the movie's actually about, um, his conflict kind of ends relatively early, you know, like, his conflict really ends like 70% of the way through the movie, maybe even less, you know, um, uh, he, you know, like the whole internal battle of of him and his fucking uh, uh, dad ended relatively early once he found out he was dying and all that shit. Oh, spoilers. Sorry. Fuck. Uh, fuck. Sorry. 
Oh, if at this point you haven't seen it, you know. Um, but anyway, it ends relatively early. Uh, he, you know, and and um, and he and and he um, and he doesn't have that many conflicts to begin with. It's really just the thing about him and his mom and his dad, you know. Uh, him and his girl and and his son aren't really much a conflict except for the fact that he's kind of being a dick about the whole thing you know um with his mom and his dad you know not not anything else and also who tries to try to fucking uh, uh take down peace on mr rogers you asshole <laughs> you know this is the weirdest thing right i make all these jokes about everyone constantly i talk about you know I, I make all the jokes about everyone constantly, right? No matter who you are, I'll make a joke about you in the exact way or the opposite way of what you'd expect. But I can't fucking do that with Mr. Rogers, man. He's too nice. <laughs> you know? Like, gosh, I can't imagine. All right, I can't imagine. Um, I, I, Like, in my head, it's, I'm trying to fucking, like, as I watch the movie, I'm trying to connect it's like it's like a static between two poles or something it's just not you know it's like fading in and out it's like not connecting right i'm trying to make jokes about mr roger being a pedophile which he obviously isn't it's a joke you know but it doesn't work because he's not like and and it's not that he's not like obviously he's not but i'd make the joke for anyone else you know like i don't know if the pope's a pedophile but i'd fucking call him that obviously it's 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 because it's hilarious um, at least to me, if you have a, a childish, uh, raunchy sense of humor like I do. Uh, I don't like saying raunchy. It gives me like a kind of self-aggrandizing. That sounds kind of self-aggrandizing, you know? But I'm raunchy. But, but yeah, I, I tried to do that with him. No, I, I, it didn't work. Then when his wife was talking about, ooh, he, he has a temper... I was like, uh, I, I tried to connect in my mind a joke about, about uh, him beating his wife, um, which is obviously an exaggeration. But, you know, if you're offended, whatever, you know, like, you get that I'm joking. Um, it's called being facetious, man. You make light of a dark subject. And I doubt he did that, you know. You don't beat the wife that you play piano with. What kind of shit is that? You know? And also, he's Mr. Rogers. I don't think I don't think violence is in him at all. Ever, you know? Even though he's in the military. But that's kinda that was kind of required of him. <laughs> you know? He's like seven thousand years old, but also like twenty-six, you know? He's an old, he's an older, he's an old geezer, but like, not a geezer, because a geezer is kind of an asshole, usually, aren't they? He's too nice, he's too pure for this world, man, you know? Like, I don't know. I feel like I make too many off-color jokes to be in the same species as him, you know? <laughs> um, but they need to say some something amazing like you know uh i uh like you for the way you are or some shit like that you know and then i feel warm inside 
I'd be like, okay, thank you. He's like, sometimes words make us sad or whatever. I don't know. You can offend other people and it's not the best thing or some shit like that. And I'd be like, oh, I know, Mr. Rogers. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine calling him Fred. <laughs> you know? Nah. If he insisted, I'd be like, all right, fine. Only because you insist. I can't imagine calling you Fred. Mr. Rogers. I'd be like one of those kids in the freaking train singing, singing a beautiful day in the neighborhood, you know? That was a sweet moment in the movie. I like that. But, uh, yeah. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Good movie. I like it. 8 out of 10. It was good. I just wish the conflict ended a little later. You know? Um, instead of as early as it did. Because, like, after that, the movie seemed to kind of lose momentum. It had momentum, you know, starting from the fucking beginning. Once is once is you know he finished the song, put on his red cardigan, uh, you know, and um and uh, then show the picture of the dude, our subject for today, Lloyd or whatever the hell his name was, um with the you know, busted on his nose and they fucking held the shit on him, uh the the, the camera and he's fucking intense. How the hell you make Mr. Rogers seem intense? That shit was intense. Like a mild, calm intensity, you know? If that makes any sense. It's fucking lightning outside right now. Um, I think it's like a dry thunderstorm because I don't hear any rain. Whatever you hear, that's not rain. That's a shower upstairs. So this is the bathroom. Um... Y'all nasty asses. Y'all haven't taken a shower yet. It's one in the fucking morning. Um. Oh, I'm. Oh, I've already done ten minutes. Okay. Ooh, what else? What else? What else? You know what I rewatched? I just rewatched the uh, Avatar season. You know, fina- Avatar finale uh, fight scene uncut between between um uh uh Ang and and uh Ozai and the shit gave me chills watching the whole fucking thing you know what else gave me chills and I do want to talk about this this avatar fight scene but like it's weird Phineas and Ferb theme, uh, uh, Phineas and Ferb songs give me goosebumps I don't have any idea why you know it's uh uh give me a grade by the Balgeetles and and uh and uh you know and Balgeet was like what I don't get a grade for this freaking rock summer camp this camp rock whatever the fucking thing I was doing and he was like you know getting ready to curse out Cor- Corbin Blue <laughs> or the dude who looked like him or whatever and he was all ah what I have something to say. Um, yeah, no, but that gives me goosebumps. Every other song, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Alien Heart by Max Modem, yo. Nah, serious? That whole, this whole show? Like, gosh, man. 
Um, another crazy thing about the show, right, is like, nah, you know this uh, Summer Belongs to You? That was the first time I think I ever felt goosebumps watching Vegas and Ferb. And I think that's probably the only time anyone has ever felt goosebumps watching Phineas and Ferb. Because you shouldn't feel goosebumps watching Phineas and Ferb. It's about a couple of fucking... Uh, it's about a dude with a triangle head and a silent British weirdo uh, who build a bunch of fucking weird contraptions and shit and their uh, ADHD sisters trying to catch them. It's like, you know, show their mom or whatever the hell. It's like, you know, it's not... It's not a show to feel goosebumps about. But, like, Summer Belongs to You, the whole fucking ending? Listen, it's the biggest disservice that the show didn't end after that. That should have been the last episode. Okay? God, yo. Man, it's it's like, all right. Listen, uh, let me frame it this way: you make a show about this thing, right? They, and throughout the seasons, they do all these fun, this fun stuff, whatever it is. Okay, for this show specifically, fucking backyard beach, a uh, a uh, uh, roller coaster around the city, a uh, uh, swinter, you know. Um, 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 uh, the time they had a lemonade corporation in a day, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what else? Fucking, uh, giant, giant, uh, treehouse robots fighting through the city, uh, uh, taking people back and going back in time, uh, you know, those boys are evil, you know, E-V-I-L-B-O-I-S, like that type of shit. I mean, they're not evil, you know, they're just having fun or whatever, but like, um, but they do all this dope stuff. That's the premise of the show. These two kids bored, 104 days of summer vacation, school comes along just to end it, annual problem for our generation, find a cool way to spend it, like maybe doing all this dope shit, right? You finally reach a point where the summer solstice, the longest day of summer, dope, Let's make it super dope. And not only that, let's make it extra. We are going to follow the sun around the world to double the length of the day. Of the longest day. You know? Imagine that. That shit is the final episode. That needs to be. It was an hour long, a special that should have been the last episode. That's when Disney should have been like, I right, we're pulling the plug. That's perfect. Perfect. You know? They go around the fucking world in like an hour. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even an hour. It was a little longer than that. It was like an hour 15. For like more than one song because every episode has a single song. It's a musical show, right? Every episode has a song. But in this, let me think. Let me think. Bouncing around the world, uh, freaking, um, 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 in the city of love, uh, what else? Um, um, fucking rubber bands, rubber balls. Uh, uh, the beginning was Shaka Khan and Clay Aiken. <laughs> For whatever reason, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, all this dope shit, right? And then, and then, uh, 
and then end it off, you know? Like, and it, it, it's so, like, this episode had a real conflict, because throughout all the, all the all the other episodes, it's like, okay, we just have this thing where, where uh, fucking, you know, we, we, we're doing this whatever thing, right? We're doing, we're, we're going to build a treehouse, a treehouse robot that fights, you know, 50-foot treehouse robots, and we're going to fight them to the, to the death or whatever the hell, right? Rock them, sock them, treehouse robots, and we're going to fight them. Dope. The show isn't about their conflict creating it. The show is just about them creating it and then doing the dope shit. And then their sister trying to bust them. You know, trying to trying to get their mom to fucking notice what, whatever they're doing. So, like, it's a brilliant, simple premise. Let's have some dope, pre- some dope shit we'll do. And then some, the conflict will be of them trying, like, someone trying to figure out the shit. And their fucking pet platypus fighting crime or whatever the hell. If you if you haven't watched the show, I mean, I don't know how, where you've been. Um, you know, everyone's seen the show. Must have, you know. And if you haven't, go watch a couple episodes. It's entertaining as hell. Um, but like the conflict isn't isn't whether they're gonna do the shit or not. They're gonna do it. Right? And the conflict isn't really whether or not they're going to cover it up. Because you know they're going to cover it up somehow. And it's not even them covering it up on their own. It's like some shit happens where it blows up. Or at the end when their mom's finally home. Or, or you know, it's fucking... It ends naturally. Or someone buys the thing off of them and, and takes it away as their mom pulls into the driveway. You know? Like, we know every episode they're not going to get caught for it. And Kansas is going to look like she belongs in a mental hospital. Fine. But in the in this special, right, the freaking you know longest summer or longest day of summer special or whatever the, the summer belongs to you special. There's the actual conflict near the end, like or, or throughout the whole thing, they're like, okay, yo, our our jet plane broke. How the hell are we gonna fix it? Oh, we're in France. We're gonna freaking you know get a couple giant baguettes and use it as as a uh, floaties. So we're gonna, you know, use this 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 thing as a boat, and we're gonna get like this giant motor and like jet, you know, jet it across or whatever, you know. And then, and they end up crashing on a little island, and Phineas is like trying to figure out shit. He's like, you know, I don't know what to do. What, what are we? How are we gonna get off of this island? And everyone's like so desolate. And then Isabella comes up like, yo, nigga, I love you. <laughs> You've always figured out shit. You're going to figure this out, yo. Snap out of it. Like, you know, and then he, and then, and then he's like, Elivella, you're a genius, whatever. And then he fucking, what did he do? He like kisses her or something. And she's like, ah, oh, whatever. And then he goes and like grabs like a, a thing, like he goes and like finds a donkey on the island or something. And he has it pull a rubber band uh, he makes a giant paper airplane out of a map or something and then has a donkey pull a rubber band off a tree and then they slingshot the freaking plane <laughs> with the rubber band off the island and somehow it takes them to the mainland or whatever and it works out. And then it's like, no, we have to make it back home before the sun sets or we failed the day. The goal was have the longest day and if we don't make it back to our backyard, 
before the sun sets, or, you know, uh, below the horizon, we failed. They had to, like, get these bikes that, that Buford stole from them growing up and whatever. Um, and then, you know, Buford's like, no, I got all these. And they get on it. They have to, like, make this jump over this freaking uh, uh, construction zone and whatever. And they finally get home and... In the backyard, they have this big-ass concert. People are dancing. Candace gets her freaking kiss from her boyfriend, who was in France not too, like, not too long ago. I don't know how you went from France to freaking East Coast uh, 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 in less than the time that it took them to get back, you know? But whatever. And, and uh, you know... And then Candace finally accepts them, starts singing and shit. They're all dancing and singing. And, it's, and, and Summer Belongs to You, yo. That's the... I'm crying. I'm tearing up right now. Um, Summer Belongs to You. That's the moral of the freaking story. Like, make, make what you can. Make use of your time. Have fun. Be great. Be with good friends and family. Go on these wild adventures. That type of shit. And it ends... Everyone gets to reverse on it. Like, gosh, man. It's a duet between Phineas and Isabella just leading the show. Ah, oh, gosh, yo. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I don't know why. I get these goosebumps every time, yo. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, man. It's such a, it's such a good... That's how the show should have ended. And that's the biggest disservice in everything. Because then they went across and did all these extra dumb shits. Phineas or Ferb across the second dimension movie or whatever the hell. They don't need all that shit. You know? End it right there. That was... You know what? In my head, that's, that's how it ends. Okay? Okay? That's how it ends. And then it's fall. They're back to school. That's how it ends. God damn. What the hell? Freaking lightning, yo. Mother Nature's angry. <laughs> what, what would lightning represent in Mother Nature? You know? Like if Mother Nature was a chick. The actual... You know? I don't know. Man. <laughs> I hope I hyped whoever's listening to this. I hope I've hyped you up. With this Phineas. I hope I've sold this shit to you. You need to go watch that special, man. <laughs> it's so goddamn good. You're in the middle of fucking quarantine, okay? Go do it. How long have I been talking? Way too long. 22 minutes. It's not that bad. Man. No, I did want to talk about Avatar. This is the last thing. I'll spend like a couple minutes on it, right? This is one thing that kind of really, really, really hit me uh, watching this fight scene again. And actually, I was thinking about it before I watched it. And and I saw the thumbnail on YouTube for this specific thing. This is the 13, the 13 minutes of Aang versus Ozai in Avatar The Last Airbender. For the finale, right? Um, and the face Aang is making in the, in the thumbnail, right? Just made me think so, and this made me super. It makes me super excited for the live action Netflix series uh, that Brian and Mike are writing, uh, and and directing and all that. So I trust it's gonna be great. Um, 
it made me really, really realize how dire the situation is. Because as powerful as the Avatar is, right? Aang is still 12. And a pacifist at that. And he's only been training, really, in the for the past nine months to do this shit. To end a war that's been going on for a hundred years. On the day that the people who are who are subjugating everyone and imperializing and taking over the day that they are the most powerful Sozin's comet so watching it and like seeing it and looking at his face on that in this thumbnail right in this little photo of it made me realize seriously how dire it is and how much power is being thrown around in that kind of situation and like just the personal, like, I can't imagine the fear of being in that situation as a 12-year-old kid, you know? Because I'm really thinking of, like, what it's going to look like um, when, it, when it comes down to it, you know? Because, like... Because, like, obviously, you know, well, like, when you watch a show, obviously, you know Aang is 12, right? And, and he has kind of the biggest burden on him. Because, like, another thing I'm thinking of, right? He has the biggest burden on him over all of them. And he's the youngest out of all of them, right? Except maybe Toph, because we don't know if, he's, if she's uh, younger or older than him. But she's also 12. So not that much a big difference. Everyone else is 14, 15, 16, right? Um, they're a little bit older. And 14, 15, 16, I think, is a lot more confident and, and uh, 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 used to danger, especially in the setting that it takes place in, which is a kind of, you know, you know, uh, uh, freaking uh, feudal, feudal Asia, or it's a, it's a tribal kind of primitive-ish whatever, you know? Um, type of setting where we still have teenage warriors like Sokka and and you know Zuko studying battle you know fi uh, training in combat and that kind of thing um like but none of them are pacifists they all understand war and conflict and that kind of thing but Aang is an air nomad a pacifist a 12 year old who grew up knowing only peace and then in the last nine months the entire thing's fucking changed for him right um and then he has to face this dude who is a grown-ass man right who is who holds so much power who is trying to kill you and then end all of good in in the world you know and i'm really thinking of like the 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 terror that would be in in this kid's eyes whoever they cast for this live action thing needs to be fucking phenomenal you know as an actor they're gonna be young obviously but they're they have to be phenomenal in order to pull this off. Because. 
There are a few other times in the show where Aang's actually terrified in that way. Or not even terrified, um, but but Aang is, is fighting in this world-destroying way. Most of the series is him evading, right? Until we hit the last episode or the last few episodes, the, the, the finale. It's four parts, so whatever. But the finale, right? Um... And as he's fighting Ozai, especially before, like especially before he turns the Avatar state, as powerful as he looks, right? Especially like when you know when when uh, Ozai's warship is coming up on him, and he fucking you, you know all the warships around are coming up on him, and and he's standing on that giant butte, and he's you know and he's just fucking starts earth bending the shit like just kicking giant gigantic boulders at the at at the thing to knock down like the the um the airships um right he's doing he's doing all this crazy shit and um um and he looks so powerful but he's so small he's in such a tiny frame he has a monk's body he's slender you know and he's 12 mind you so it's like all that power in this little frame and then and then he's still about to face this dude who's an adult straight up ripped giant like this huge six foot two uh 220 firebender um you know king or emperor or whatever um and then that person being unflinching and completely willing to kill you and you being unwilling to do the same so I'm even looking at like fucking I'm even thinking about when he redirected uh Ozai's Ozai's lightning, right? The like just the animation on that, you could see him holding the power in him and the, there's fear in him, you know, and then he and he finally gets control of it and he aims it towards Ozai, but then he has a change in like he realizes what he's doing and like turns it away and fucking the lightning how much power it was because how far they pulled out and how you know in the frame and how little he is compared to the giant fucking display of of power going on and then like when ozai is getting ready to finally kill him you know he has like he has that little concentrated ball of fire in his hand just concentrated mad hard uh ang is like is like uh uh you know like a shield of rock you know he's trying to defend it's boiling in there because ozai has been like just throwing flames at it right and then ang you know ang's just in there just scared out of his fucking mind like just defending and ozai just runs at him and just one final huge uh i i blow big ass fireball on that breaks through his through his uh protection knocks him back you know hits the hits the scar on his back reignites the fucking avatar state and then when ozai's gloating thinks he's dead and whatever just grabs his 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 muscle his beard pulls him down stands up defiant ozai tries to fucking fire bend at his face you know, like, you know, but it's like slow motion to him. And he just knocks that shit out of his hand and then fucking blows him back with a big ass uh, uh, gust of wind. And then 
you know, he rises in the in that ball of that ball of uh, air, you know, and then starts fire breathing, you know, those giant flames. Then that concentrates and comes around, and then the fucking rocks. And then he clenches his fists, and the rocks in midair just fucking like. They they just they just uh uh like a hydraulic pre- they just compress you know damn this lightning is ridiculous hang out there is is someone out there lightning bending or something <laughs> what's going on but uh gosh and then at the end in this whole fight Ozai's running. You know, through the second half of it. And as he's running, you know, Aang finally catches him and pulls him down. And then he, like, locks him down with some earth bending, and then just fucking goes to kill him. But then Aang, you know, Avatar State snaps out of it. Aang takes control, drops it, and is like, I'm not going to kill you. And then Ozai's gloating again. And then as he's gloating, Aang just simple fucking, um, you know... Uh, you know, Ozai goes to bend at him again. He's about to throw a fireball, whatever, and Aang just dodges out of the way, you know, locks his arm, locks his other arm, pulls him down, and then just fucking takes his bending. Gorgeous. Beautiful. This is the difference, right? And I know these are completely different types, right? This is a draw... Well, this is... The show is comedic, obviously. It's like a... It, it's aimed at younger audiences, you know? But... The shit's so good. It's so, um, you know, it's so well thought out, so well written, so well animated. The the conflict's real. A lot of the deep, there are a lot of deep issues in it. The shit is great for adults to fucking watch too. And like, <clears throat> this is essentially a drama, right? Once you reach late, the later seasons, man of drama. Imagine watching the Southern Raiders. Southern Raiders not a funny episode. That shit is no joke, right? You know, same thing, like, the entire four-part finale, and also Day of the Black Sun, that, you know, that's the, this missing finale. Those, none of those are light episodes to really watch. They're pretty heavy. And, and and uh, and like, I mean, and let's, like, even discounting because there are even crazier shits than this fight going on. Because there's so much going on in the fight, yeah. But there are crazy other shits going on. Fucking Azula versus Zuko, you know, is insane. Um, Sokka and Toph and Suki's whole mission on the on the uh, on, uh, trying to trying to destroy as many of the uh, warships as they possibly could. That shit's heavy, you know. Um, and then this, and then beautiful, beautiful ending of this is like at the end with the music triumphant you know as well not even triumphant it starts serene you know Ozai's there weak knocked out he can't he can't bend anymore and Aang looks out at the at the wasteland that's burning this burning forest and he just raises the rivers and fucking uh, uh, extinguishes the the, you know, all the fire like a goddamn god, you know. And as the water 
and as the water rises the you know as as the water it goes back you know into into the rivers and all that you know as it's you know as the water uh, depletes and the fire is all gone and he and this camera angle we see him looking up and momo lands back on his shoulder and just this triumphant music da, 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 da. like beautiful that's how you end something incredible you know and then like endings you know this is what i'm talking i'm setting up now i've been, i was laying down the whole time but like endings it, it are so goddamn excuse me are so important man I think that's my biggest pitfall in, in my passion. Gosh, oh my, burping now. That's my biggest pitfall in my passion project. I haven't thought of a satisfying, satisfying ending, even though I'm not nearly there yet, like to writing it, of course. But I haven't actually really, really planned it out. Like I know how, I know what the last conflict of the entire show is going to be for that last season. You know, I know what the finale is going to be. I don't know how I'm going to end the finale. That's the fucking thing. And and I think I'm generally not bad at endings, you know? Um I don't know. But like man, endings are so important. So like that's what so like I think that's what I was talking about earlier when I when I was about to compare uh Phineas and Ferb some belongs to you, to Aang, uh, to, uh, to Last Airbender. Endings are so fucking important. Like, you know, and let's not even talk about Legend of Korra because that, that ending is incredible as well. So it's like, but, like, even though Phineas and Ferb is a comedy, you know, a super campy kids comedy about these, whatever, about these kids doing these stupid shits over summer. Um, you know, and this show is this incredibly well-written, dramatic, you know, even though funny, but dramatic, deep, uh, uh, philosophical, spiritual, like this beautiful, uh, action-packed, uh, you know, incredibly action-packed, well-animated, uh, 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 you know, uh, piece. That's what the, that's what the, these both endings, the thing that they both have in common is like fucking, you bring it to the apex, right? And you end it with the best the best examples of each of, of each of those shows. Because in Phineas and Ferb, the entire purpose of that show is is uh you know, the entire like message of the show is is imagination, going wild, having fun, being with good people, you know, like that kind of fucking thing. Um ownership. Which you, which is not something you would think, but ownership is is actually a theme of Phineas and Ferb. Jocko Willing should watch this goddamn show. You know, <laughs> summer belongs to you. Like that, in, that's the entire fucking thing. And even watching other episodes where, like, uh, you know, they got that old band back together to, you know, for their for their parents' anniversary or whatever. And like, they're t- and then the drummer has this song about not having an owner, uh, 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 rhythm or whatever. And they're fucking, like, what the fuck are you talking about? All like all this shit, like even the little stuff in all the episodes, ownership that has a ton. And it's a weird thing to actually decipher from the show, but 
that's really what it's about. So there's a lot of what it's, it's about that in a, in a pretty big way, I think. So that's what Phineas and Ferb is about. And all of that culminates in this beautiful ending where everything comes together. Fucking trumpets, halo, uh, 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 angel singing, all that. This beautiful, perfect ending. Same thing with Avatar, Last Airbender. Perfect ending. You know, uh, this whole thing about this kid not wanting to take a, the life, because, uh, take any life, you know, um, because it conflicts with his moral values of being a, growing up a monk, being a pacifist, all this, and also coming to terms with the kind of power that he has because it took him a while to actually accept the fact that he's the Avatar. Because in episode one, or, you know, he was like, I never wanted to be the Avatar. That's how it ends. Pretty mel melancholy, you ask me, you know? Um, uh, melancholy, is that the right word? I could be wrong. No, melancholy is pleasant, isn't it? Whatever the fuck. But no, it, it ends like on a kind of a low note. I never wanted to be Avatar. And he's, and he's the titular character, you know? Like... So, by the end, come to terms with his power, the role he plays, what he has to do, the choices he has to make, and also being a kid and kind of having to, like, fucking, you know, throw away in any semblance of childhood that you had, which is why I, which is, like, that duality is why I like that show and Korra so much. Like, I, I, like these days, I really can't place which one I like more. Because Korra grew up completely the opposite of Aang. Almost completely the opposite. In a sense, like, they were both isolated growing up. But Korra was isolated for a lot longer because Aang had to come to terms with this shit at 12 years old. You know? Um, entire fucking tribe got gets, uh, oh, not tribe, entire fucking, uh, you know, um, all his people exterminated extinct now he's the last airbender the last air nomad you know ever um and he's also the avatar he's supposed to bring peace to the world and all this shit and he doesn't want to accept that kind of thing um so at 12 years old he ends up roaming and doing all this shit with like these people and then cora the complete opposite this passionate feisty chick who at five years old found out she was avatar and was like yo i'm the avatar you gotta deal with it nigga like <laughs> I'm doing my shit, you know, um, and then spending the next 12 years up until she's 17 training to be the avatar in a safe, controlled environment, you know, because everything was kind of paved for her by that point. And then not having to deal with any real conflict until until she comes to Republic City and fights Amon and all this shit. And then eventually getting these really, really crazy uh, well, actually, no. Uh, uh, Unalak was a pretty insane uh, 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 villain in terms of like how catastrophic, uh, you know, his conflict is. Um, but, but yeah, like fighting, like having to fight all these, all these people, and like learning shit about herself over this time. That's why I really like Korra compared to Avatar because, like, she, like. It's kind of a sense of like being protected from all this and then being and then having all these expectations and kind of being entitled, you know, and privileged and then learning to drop all that 
shed all of that to become enlightened versus Aang having no entitlement, nothing about that of that about him, but no sense of responsibility, you know, or duty really. And, and he has to figure that shit out on his own over the over nine months, which is also, a, a you know, I got a criticism between the two shows because in, uh, in Legend of Korra, it takes her three, four years, three or four years to figure all that shit out versus Aang. He has to figure as much of that out, you know, not the same stuff as Korra, but like over the over over just nine months. So how long am I talking? Oh my god, what the fuck? I've been going forty five minutes. <laughs> ah, I said I was gonna do two minutes about Avatar. Forty five minutes. But um yeah. Man, I still feel like I haven't explained exactly the thing I was talking about with Aang being a kid as much as I really feel it in my heart. Like it's a weird feeling. Um but yeah, man. Ah, that's all for now. 